Amen. Kara preached a fantastic message last week. I don't know if you guys were her here or, or not last week. If you weren't here, um, then we encourage you guys to uh, go to our website, uh, impactrock.com slash messages. And then there's a graphic and it tells who preached the message. And I, I want to say we've got like three, over three years worth of messages there. We, we try and like trim the ones on the bottom so the older ones disappear. But I'll just be honest with you, it's hard for me because I'm like, oh, that was a really good message. And oh, we shouldn't delete that one. And I'm like, yeah, let's just not delete any of them. So, so just at the top are the, the latest ones. So I want to do a quick bit of, um, of unpacking and even teaching before I get to my message. Because even standing up here saying, Kara, a woman, uh, preached a message last week, um, that might go against some some of your traditions or upbringings because there are uh, expressions of faith that that they don't believe women should preach now it's interesting I, I find this interesting because they'll they'll allow a woman to share but not preach and so they'll say oh man uh didn't care a share a good encouraging word last week but they won't say she preached um and so i i want to just look at uh Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2 real quick, and let's just see what Scripture has to say about this. So Acts chapter 1, verse 12. This is right after Jesus ascended to be at the right hand of the Father, okay? So Jesus was, he, he died on the cross, he rose from the grave, he spent 40 days um, walking and talking and eating and teaching and being with his disciples and showing that he's alive. Then he ascended, okay, and this is where we pick up. So it says the disciples left the Mount of Olives and returned to Jerusalem, which is less than a mile away. Arriving there, they went into a large second floor room to pray. Those present were Peter, John, Jacob, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, Jacob, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, the zealot, Judas, the son of Jacob, and a number of women, say a number of women, Okay, including Mary, Jesus' mother. His brothers were there as well. All of them were united in prayer, gripped with one passion, interceding night and day. During this time, Peter stood up, up among the 120 believers who were gathered and said, and we won't go into to what he said at this time. So there were 120 believers. These weren't just the, you know, the, the disciples that he had called. There's 120 believers gathered together in the upper room, there's men and women, okay? Have, have I painted this picture for us? Let's jump to, to chapter 2, verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, uh, uh, on the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could hear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Now at that time there were Jewish worshipers who had migrated from many different lands to live in Jerusalem. When the people of the city heard the roaring sound, crowds came running to where it was coming from, stunned over what was happening because each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language. Bewildered, they said to one another, aren't these 
people all Galileans? So how is it that we hear them speaking in our own language? We are Northeastern Iranians, Northwestern Iranians, Elamites, and those from Mesopotamia, Judea, uh, East Central Turkey, the coastal areas of the Black Sea, Asia, North Central Turkey, Southern Turkey, Egypt, Libyans who are neighbors of Cyrene, visitors from all over the Roman Empire, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. So when I was counting these earlier, I stopped at 15. I'm like, there's a lot. Okay, there's a lot. Yet we hear them speaking of God's mighty wonders in our own dialects. Yet we hear them speaking of God's mighty wonders in our own language. They all stood there dumbfounded and astonished, saying to one another, what is this phenomenon? Or maybe we would say, this is phenomenal. This is phenomenal what's taking place. But then there's some critics in the crowd. Others poked fun at them and said, they're just drunk on new wine. Okay? So we, we see faithful followers of Jesus waiting on him as he commanded in the upper room. And all of a sudden they are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And it is phenomenal. It's phenomenal enough that it overflowed past the upper room and everyone heard and came out and crowds gathered. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were speaking in tongues and they were speaking, declaring the wonders and the goodness of God in languages that, that, that weren't native to them. And people listening are going, I hear him declaring the wonders of God in my language. Someone else is like, I hear her declaring the wonders of God and the goodness of God in my language, okay? So th this is confounding. And so, of course, like anything else, when you can't explain something, you know, there's people that, you know, want to poke fun at it. And so there's, like, oh, they're drunk. So Peter steps in in verse 14. Peter stood up with the 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. You need to clearly understand what's happening here. These people are not drunk like you think they are, for it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. This is the fulfillment. So this is key, you guys. Like, hear this. This is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. And now he's going to quote that prophecy. For God says, this is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. We look at this scripture that took place on the day of Pentecost after Jesus ascended when the Holy Spirit showed up and Jesus had been raving about the Holy Spirit saying, it's better that he comes. Stay and wait, pray, ready yourselves. And the Holy Spirit shows up and someone says, oh, they're drunk. And, and he doesn't address the tongues. We might think that that's why he's saying, um, you know, that, oh, they're drunk. No, no, they're just speaking in tongues. He doesn't address that. He addresses a prophecy from Joel that says, no, I know you're astounded that this woman is declaring the, the, the mighty works of God. She's prophesying and encouraging the crowd toward Christ. And women don't do that. But the book of Joel said, in the last days I'll pour out my spirit upon all people, all my servants, men and women, and men and women will 
all prophesy. And that is to encourage and uplift and edify people in Christ. That's what that word means. So they might as well, the prophecy might as well have said, and both men and women will declare the wonders of God so that all can be uplifted. Does this make sense? That's what they were amazed about. That's what they were amazed about. And this is the clarification that Peter brings. From this point forward, we, we start to hear things said by the disciples, by Paul, things like, hey, in Christ Jesus, there's neither male nor female. There's neither um, slave nor free. There's neither black nor white. There's neither rich nor poor. Christ came to tear down the veil that separated us from God and all have access to the God, to the Lord. And I'll throw this out there. This one's free. We see in Scripture, it's told that, that God desires that not one would perish. Okay? He desires that not one would die without knowing him. And when God poured out his spirit on male and female, on men and women, his desire was that Jesus would be proclaimed by men and women so not one would perish. And it goes against the nature of our God to think that, hey, it's my desire, you know, God speaking, that not one would perish, but I'm only going to choose half the population to proclaim my goodness. Men. I'm not going to allow women to proclaim my goodness to others, to, to teach, to unpack truth, to prophesy. Okay? So this is why at Impact Rock Church, we have men who preach, like I'm going to do shortly. This isn't even me preaching. This is just a brief unpacking. And we have women who don't just share, but they preach as well because it's God's desire that all would come to know him. So I love talking about that just so you guys know. Like, and I, there, I am dying, Andy knows this. I am dying to preach a series on 1 Corinthians. I mean, I'm, I've, I've argued with the Lord about, Lord, now's the time. This is a great time. And in that, there's, there'll be a whole lot of unpacking about this message of, of women's role in, in ministry. But the Lord just hasn't let us preach the series yet. But it's coming. I don't know when, but it's coming. So if you want to grab coffee, talk about this. If you're like, hey, you know, Mark, I don't know that I see this. Man, let's, let's get together and, and chew on this for a while. And let's dig into Scripture because I love talking about this. Um, all right. I want to pray. And then I'm just going to, I'm going to continue. I guess I'm already preaching. I don't know. Um, Lord, I, I ask you specifically to, to cause truth to just resonate in our hearts, Lord God. Um, and, and the truth of this passage, Lord, we thank you that you were non-discriminatory when you poured out your spirit on all your servants, men and women. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that you are faithful to pour out your, your spirit on children. Lord, you're not discriminatory in this. So I thank you, whether it's adult or child or male or female, Lord, that, that we get to just be enveloped by your, your spirit, by your presence. Lord, continue to guide us and teach us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, in a second here, we're going to play a song. Um, and a friend of mine was praying for me this week. And he's like, hey, I don't know if you've ever heard this song, but I just felt like I, I needed to send this song to you. And I had never heard it before, but it's by Brandon Lake, who I love. Um, Brandon Lake sings uh, Gratitude, which is one of my favorite songs. And so this is a song. Um, 
by, by Brandon Lake, and it's called Don't You Give Up On Me, and it's saying from the perspective of God. So it's God singing this to us, don't, don't give up on me. Don't give up on me. We're just going to hear a little part of it. I see you, child, though you can't see me. And I know your thoughts before you even think. I heard every last prayer you prayed, though I answered all the time. You just didn't hear my call. And I know it's not easy. tie uh, a few things together um, so don't think I've forgotten about this song but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on and then just trust me to kind of loop them, loop them back together a bit later okay um, this week uh, I had the privilege of doing chapel at Little Launch Christian Preschool and I love doing chapel um, and it's very, it's very interesting because we have three classes we have two preschool classes which are three and four year olds and then we have one pre-K class which are the four and five year olds um traditionally when I do the preschool classes, the, the, the three-year-olds, I got like three minutes. I, I, I've got three minutes of a small portion of their attention. So I've got to do something to capture their you know, attention. Whereas with the, um, with the pre-K class, it's amazing how locked in they are. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And so um, this week I read a book to them called Nothing. Nothing can separate you from God's love, written by Natalie Creech. It's amazing. And I'm telling you, even the preschoolers were just locked in. So is it okay if we have chapel real quick? So I have, I have the book, the pages here, and we have the pages there. So I'm going to read from the book and turn the pages, and, and you guys can just follow along, okay? Um. Can anything separate me from God's love? Not mountain or valley, not the deepest of seas, not a rainstorm or hailstorm or a cold winter freeze, not a rumbling volcano, not an earthquake or flood, not a swirling tornado or a sinkhole of mud. There is nothing so powerful, nothing so strong. God's love is too high and too deep and too long. If I hopped on a train and I rode it all night, if I boarded a plane for an overseas flight, if I soared in a rocket past planets in space, could I ever outdistance God's love 
and God's grace? No! There is nothing so powerful, nothing so strong. God's love is too high and too deep and too long. If I dove in a submarine under the sea, in a clever disguise, would God's love follow me? Yes! God's love is everywhere. Desert, moon, beach. There's no place at all that his love cannot reach. If I did what I shouldn't, like sometimes I do, would it mean that it's over and God's love is through? No. God's love doesn't change with the words that you say or the things that you do. It will not go away. You are loved and forgiven. What a wonderful thing. You're adopted as God's own. You're a child of the King. See, nothing can separate you from God's love. Nothing on earth or below or above. There is nothing so powerful, nothing so strong. God's love is too high and too deep and too long. Isn't that amazing? Son, could you give me a tissue? Because I'm... I, I didn't make it through chapel without crying either. Uh, I did better today than I did at chapel. I'm looking at these little faces, telling them how much God loves them. And, and I'm here's like, yep, there it is. Here comes the tears. I can see it. Uh, if you want to turn in your Bibles or your Bible apps, I'm going to read a scripture. And it's, it's a short scripture. I'm going to read it in two translations. And I want you to lock in. And I want you to hear it, and, and I, I want you to just give room for the Lord to speak, okay? Ephesians 4, 29. In the ESV, it says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. I want to read that again from, from this Passion Translation as well. It's really clear there. And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts, constructive, that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. Just pause. When, when we read the word, it's good to pause and chew and meditate. Do you know what these four things have in common? The four things being the passage I read from Acts chapter 1 and 2 about the day of Pentecost and the pouring out of the Spirit. So that's number one. Number two was the song. Number three was chapel, the book, nothing. And number four being this scripture. You know what they all have in common? These are four of the ways that God spoke to me this week. And most likely that he's even speaking to you this morning. Through the unpacking, the, the faithful study of, of a chunk of scripture, through the hearing of a song that a friend shot me a text and said, hey, I just, I don't know how you're doing it, but, but have you heard this song? To reading this book, which I love this book. 
and doing chapel for the kids and reading it with passion. I'm telling you, even the three-year-olds, they were locked in. And then this, one verse, Ephesians 4.29. God spoke to me in all of these things. You see, we're in a series right now about hearing from God. And all too often, we complicate it. Lord, I want to hear from you, but, and I, I say this a lot, this is kind of my, my little joke, because, you know, this is the way I felt when I was younger. And, honestly, when I was a bit more immature. Lord, I want to hear your Sean Connery Scottish accent. Mark, this is the Lord. That's how I wanted to hear from the Lord. When the Lord is speaking all around, and if we're not open, then we're not hearing. And I'll say this. I preached a message a few weeks ago about being self-centered to being God-centered. Man, it's so... I, maybe I should preach that message like every fourth week while we're in this series because that is key. If we are self-centered, it is so hard to hear from God because when we are self-centered, we want to hear God specifically. And when we are self-centered, we want to hear God about a specific topic. And that specific topic is what? What we're asking him for. When he's like, I've got thoughts on that, but I've got thoughts on this too. I've got thoughts on this too. I'll get to that. But will you hear me on what I'm saying about this? Self-centered versus God-centered. We have to be God-centered. And when we, when we pony up next to God and our hearts are just surrendered to him, we're in a place where we're God-centered, not self-centered, and we're able to hear from the Lord. Right? I mean, not, not rocket science. Having that heart to hear from the Lord requires us to have a heart that is God-centered. All throughout Scripture, we see something about God speaking to people, and we see this. God takes the initiative. All throughout Scripture, God is showing his people what he's doing, and that showing is an invitation to join. We look at it as go, oh, Lord, that is great. Good for you, God. Good for you. a boy. What you're doing is fantastic. Lord, back to what I want to do. Right? When he comes to a person, he always reveals his activity, what he's doing. God sees more than we see. God sees the big picture. God is the epitome of a kingdom focus, and and he is about his kingdom. Jesus, when he came to this earth, he was about his father's work, and it was about kingdom work. The Holy Spirit, when he's here with us now, never to leave us, never forsake us, to empower us and guide us and remind us, is to remind us about kingdom things. Now, there are times that I misplace my wallet. Or my keys. And I'll say, Holy Spirit, I, I know that the Father didn't send you to remind me of where my keys are or where my wallet is. But nonetheless, nonetheless, would you, would you help me? Would you help a brother out? And you know, he's so faithful. Even in that he does. But 
I, I often kind of hear he's like, hey, I, I want to remind you some other things too once you find the keys. And so uh, once you turn on this podcast or, you know, like when you get in the car. Revelation is invitation. Now that's, that's a blanket statement. I, I, don't, I don't love blanket statements. And so we always go to the Lord and we say, Lord, this is what I'm seeing. This is what you just revealed to me. Is this you? And, and is this an invitation for me to join you in this? And it usually is, but God draws near to the humble. So that's a humble response. Lord, you just revealed this. Revelation. Reveal. Is this your invitation for me to join in this? To do this work? And so, most of the time, you guys, it is not a long-term mission. I'm just letting you know, it's not a long-term mission. It's, yeah, and the window is quickly closing. So speak now, encourage now, embrace now, respond now. Revelation is invitation. You guys, we see in Scripture, none of the people that encountered God were ever the same. Ever the same. And we shouldn't be either. When we encounter God, we should be changed. But I'm telling you right now, there's times I think we encounter God and we miss it and we don't realize we just encountered God. Why? Because we're self-focused. We're self-centered. And I don't even mean that like in the most selfish, you know, mean meaning of it. I'm just talking about we're looking at our stuff instead of looking at God's stuff. My buddy who sent me the text with the song. It was a very, I got that text and it was, I was dur- during preschool and it was a very, it was a very loud morning that morning. It was uncharacteristically loud. So I grabbed a folding chair from classroom two and I went outside next to my car. I was parked out here and I sat outside and I put on my AirPods And I opened Spotify and I found the song. And I listened to it. And then the Lord said, listen to it again. You didn't hear it. So then I I actually saw that there were lyrics on Spotify. So I listened to it this time with my eyes open, reading the words. And, And it was powerful. And then the Lord immediately said, you know, that blessed you, but that's not just for you. There's others who have given up on me, and you're going to have to share that a lot of times. So I'm like, yes, Lord. Revelation is what? Invitation. It was an invitation to bless me, for sure, and it did, and it did. But it didn't end there. Because the invitation is to now be a blessing to others, to strengthen others, to encourage others, to prophesy to others. He has poured out his spirit upon all of us, friends, and we all are called to do this. this that's a good spot for a rowdy amen. Like a raucous reverend. There we go. We're all called to this, guys. God is always the one who takes the initiative to accomplish what he wants to do. When you're God-centered, even the desires to do things that please God come from God's initiative in your life. 
There's a passage that says that, that he gives us the desires of our heart. And, and I think, I love that. And I do receive that as, oh, Lord, you, you know, this is what my heart desires. And so, Lord, I ask for this. I, I do believe that. But I think even more so, I believe this. He gives you the desires that he wants you to have. And he places them in the center of who you are, your heart. He gives you those desires because it's an invitation to walk according to his plan. He gives you the desires for the things that he wants you to walk out. He gives you the desires of his heart. Philippians 2.13 says this, For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The Passion Translation says it this way. God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him. Friends, when we see God at work, when we see him at work, or, or even sometimes we often talk about if we suspect we see him at work. Okay, we don't even have to know. Because too many of us, we, we seek for some sort of weird confirmation to mask our insecurities. Lord, I think this is you, but Lord, if, you, if this is really you, then Lord, give me a sign. Let me see a unicorn. Or a celebrity. Lord, let me see a celebrity. Not even like an A-lister, like a B-lister. And then I'll know it's you. And then the moment's passed. If we suspect it's the Lord, then we can respond in faith. And we can even tell the Lord, Lord, I don't, I'm not certain if it's you or not, but I'm not going to miss this. So I'm going to respond. Lord, stop me. Stop me. If you don't want me, okay, stop me. Okay, he didn't stop me. Okay, then I'm going to pray for that person. If we suspect it's the Lord, how can we do that? By being God-centered, not self-centered. Because self-centered focuses on what? Yes, self insecurities, lack, fear, worry. And it's liberating if we really think of how many times we look stupid. It's liberating. I look stupid all the time. I do stupid things all the time. It's liberating. So I can just add being a fool for God to that list. It's liberating. And if I missed it, I missed it with, with his heart, not mine. Because with, with, I'm just believing that he put that in my heart to love. If you keep your life God-centered, you'll immediately put your life alongside his activity. He's at work. He's at work. He's already initiated it. Okay, He's not up to anything new. It's already been ordained. It's already been put in motion. He's already created it. And it's already at work. And we just need eyes to see. And if we will come alongside him and cling to him, then we're in the spot to see his activity. And that's the moment we grasp it and say, your activity, Lord, you want me to be a part of this activity. And then he'll let you know for how long. It could be just a one-off or it could be a relationship. That, that, that God wants to form that's just going to bring life and bring the loss to him. But we just got to be close to him. You guys, when we see God at work and we see him using us as part of his work, it is thrilling. 
It's thrilling. It's humbling. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you for using me. Lord, you used me. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you used me. Lord, you used me. Jordan, he used me. It's thrilling. Yesterday we watched the soccer game, uh, Cadence. Uh, her team played um, for the conference championship uh, in the KCAC, the Kansas Collegiate Athletic Conference. Um, and they lost the game, but they're still going to go to nationals, which is great. So there'll only be like 40 teams or something for the national tournament. But as we're watching the game, Kara's, because Cadence plays defense, and Kara goes, I could never play defense because the thrill of scoring a goal, I always had to play offense. It's, it's the most thrilling thing ever. And I'm like, yeah, that, I understand that. But you guys, the, being used with the Lord is the most thrilling thing ever. It really is. Yeah, I, I really, even though it can be pretty noisy here during preschool, I get to see our teachers used by the Lord to touch the lives of these little ones every stinking minute. Not even every day. Forget every day. Forget every hour. Like every minute. It's amazing. And it's humbling. And our response should always be humility of Lord. Thank you for letting me see your activity, for seeing what you're up to, for seeing your work, and thank you for including me in this. I have a quote. I want it to come up on the screen. God's revelation of his activity is an invitation for me to adjust my life to him and join in his work. And that's my prayer today is that we would adjust our life to him to be used in his work. Friends, we're mistaken if we think that that the God of the universe is going to adjust his life to us to meet our often selfish desires. And if we're praying and we're not getting an answer, that's a good time to step back and do a heart check and say, Lord, is my heart aligned with you, Lord? Am I being God-centered or am I being self-centered? And and when we align ourselves with him, I'm telling you guys, we all desire to hear from God. It's thrilling. It's thrilling. Align ourselves with him. Draw near to him. And let's be expectant for that invitation to join him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Holy Spirit, um, would you just imprint Every truth that you desire us to hear today, would you just imprint that upon our hearts? Let it, let it not be a temporal experience that we have here where we hear a message and then just wait for the next one, but Lord, imprint this upon our hearts so that we can draw close to you. And then when we wander off, we draw close to you and we become self-centered. We, we jump back in and, and we just draw close to you once again. Lord, help us to see that when you reveal your work to us, when you reveal your heart to us, your plan to us, that is an invitation for us to join in. You're not just revealing it for no reason. You're, you're doing so so that we can be a part of what you're doing. And there's fulfillment in that. Lord, I thank you that you are faithful to speak the things that we're specifically praying about, Lord. But we ask you to help us with the things that we're praying selfishly. 
um, that honestly that you might not ever address that. Lord, and teach us to pray according to your heart and your will. And, and to pray in a place close to you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This, this book uh, will be in the preschool library if you need to come. Isn't this incredible? Oh my gosh, I love this. Um, I love y'all. Our God is good. Um, for those that are staying for the uh, coming to community lunch, we got a wonderful lunch uh, ready. If you didn't even RSVP, which by the way, I did get, uh, I saw an email this morning. So, so if you emailed this morning without me pointing you out, I got it. You're good. And if you didn't RSVP at all, we got plenty of food. So stay um, and it's going to be a great time. So I'll leave you guys with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have an amazing day. You are loved, my friends. You are loved.